Good morning to you all. I hope you're well and looking forward to uh, looking into this chapter of Deuteronomy with us this morning. Um, I haven't been here for, for two weeks. I've had stay-at-home orders, so it's a bit unusual to look out and see uh, faces that are covered by masks. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's wonderful to be here uh, and to see you here. Uh, of course, some of our regular church members might still be at home, and so uh, we want to extend our, our welcome to them as well and say hello to them uh, who are going to be tuning in via the video uh, and watching it later this week as well. Uh, please let me pray to begin with this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words that you give to us in the Bible. We pray that as we look at them this morning, you will speak to us and enable us to apply your words to our lives. Amen. Thank you to Peter and Brooke for reading our two passages to us. Uh, can I encourage you to open to Deuteronomy 8 as we get started? Uh, if you need a Bible, please feel free to get one from the foyer uh, out behind us where you came through. Uh, there's also a piece of paper in our bulletins uh, that you can follow along and make some notes if you would like to. Uh, you may have noticed as Peter read Deuteronomy 8 uh, that he, he even gave us the title in this case uh, of what this chapter is all about, Do Not Forget the Lord. Uh, in other sections or other translations of the Bible, uh, it's titled Remember the Lord. Uh, and while I don't always think that the headings given to chapters are the, the clearest idea of what the passage is about, in this case, it really is the best three-word summary of what this entire chapter is all about. Uh, this, that phrase, Remember the Lord, also happens to be the title uh, of a children's Bible song by Colin Buchanan. Um, and the, the words that feature in the chorus of that song, I think, are a, a, a great extended summary uh, of what this chapter is about too. Uh, I, I had wanted, until the, the COVID restrictions brought in uh, have played havoc with us. I had wanted to do a little bit of a call and response uh, with, with this song. If you're familiar with it, uh, you might have an idea of what I was picturing already. For, if you're not familiar with the song, um, it, it has a very catchy chorus uh, and it's got a, a section where if I were able to sing, I wouldn't inflect it on you anyway. Uh, we, we could use Remember the Lord uh, and then part of the song as a, as a reply. Uh, and, and while I'm not going to sing it to you, I would like to read out the words of this chorus that come from this Colin Buchanan song. Uh, it says, Remember the Lord. Remember that he is in control. Remember the Lord. He's watching his children. He cares. Remember the Lord. Uh, and if you're familiar with the song, you know there's a few uh-ohs that go in the middle of it as well. Uh, if you've heard this, uh, you might agree that it's a catchy song. Uh, both its message and its tune are very memorable uh, and it's quite likely that you'll find yourself humming uh, or singing away to it later today and I, I would apologise for that I, I know that different tunes can get quite annoying if they go around in your head over and over and over again uh, except that in this case uh, the message of that chorus is, is a beautiful one uh, to remember God, to remember that he's in control that we're his children and he cares for us I think is something that we should have repeated over and over and over to us again. Uh, so as we jump into Deuteronomy 8, let's briefly remind ourselves what's been happening here uh, in our series so far. Uh, Graham's brought the first three talks to us, uh, which have looked at chapters 4, 5 and 6 uh, in this series called Moses Preaches. And as the name suggests, Moses, the leader of the Israelites, is speaking. Uh, the Israelites have spent the last 40 years wandering in the desert and they are about to enter the promised land. These sermons that Moses is giving is to prepare the people for life in the promised land. Uh, and so we're going to concentrate on three 
words or phrases. Uh, I'm, I'm calling them directives. Uh, I don't think they're reminders. This is, this is new to the Israelites. They haven't lived in this land before. Therefore, these instructions that are being given are really to guide and lead the Israelites in what they should be doing. Uh, they're not optional. Moses is giving them to, to the people because he, he dearly, dearly wants them to follow them. Uh, it is right, it is best, this is what they should be doing. Uh, and so our three directives uh, come through kind of verbs that pop up within the passage. And so those are remember, the second set is observe, walk and revere, and then the third is otherwise. They're going to guide us as we look at this chapter. Uh, so let's start by looking at what the Israelites are to remember. Throughout the chapter... Going to do what I want it to do. Oh, wrong way, sorry. Oh, there. there's Colin Buchanan. Okay, remember, uh, throughout the chapter, there are six different characteristics by which Moses instructs the people to remember. The Israelites are to remember that the Lord led them in the wilderness for 40 years, their clothes did not wear out, and their feet didn't swell while wandering in the desert, that man does not live on bread alone, but on the word of God. God had disciplined the Israelites like a father does a son. The Lord God is bringing the Israelites into a good land and God brings about the ability to produce wealth. Uh, Each of these calls to remember have different characteristics about them and we could explore each of them in immense depth. Uh, But rather than looking at them individually, uh, let's recognise that these reminders relate to both past and present events. Uh, Let's focus on some of those past events for a few moments. Uh, Israel are to remember the past and what God has done previously for them. Moses does this by highlighting the consistency and the longevity of God's care for his people. Uh, as this sermon's been given to the Israelites, as they're about to enter the promised land, we know they've been in the desert for 40 years. They'd spent this time following their exit from slavery in Egypt. And while that exit from Egypt, the exodus, uh, as it's called in the Bible, should be hugely memorable to the Israelites, Moses is directing them to think about the last 40 years in the desert particularly. He specifically refers to that time uh, and the provision of their needs while there. They are to remember that the Israelites had not planned a route to travel along while they were in the desert. Their departure from Egypt was a very quick and hasty one where they packed as much as possible, as quickly as possible, to move to an unknown destination. So this has not been a holiday or easy. Uh, I'm sure many of us can think about times where we've moved home or where we've packed for a holiday. Uh, And that can be a stressful and tedious enough job as it is. Uh, But the Israelites are taking this on with no removalist trucks or with no trailers, no straps to tie down their load. Uh, They've had to pick up as many things with just hours to go and no idea where they're going. It would make for a difficult start to your journey, but it would also make travelling hard doing things in this way. But rather than focus on the difficulty, instead Moses calls for them to remember the Lord because it's God who knew where they were going. It was God that showed them where to go with a pillar of cloud by day and protected them at night with a ring of fire around their camp. It was God who provided bread for them uh, when they were hungry and caused water to flow out of a rock when they were thirsty. Whatever was happening, it was God who was in control caring for his people and providing for their needs over 40 years. At this point, I think it's worth us considering how valuable it is to look back and to remember things that have gone before us. The British Prime Minister during World War II, Winston Churchill, uh, is quoted as saying, 
that those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Looking back is intended for us to learn and grow from. There's also the saying that hindsight is always 2020. It's another that's used to show this, us the value of looking backwards as well. It references how we can see things clearly and truthfully and more fully in a way that we're unable to do while we're in the middle of a situation. It's in our nature to put our heads down and not take everything in when we're in the midst of a challenge. But that means that we can miss the leading or provision that God has given to us during these times. And so it takes us actively looking back to remember what has happened to see things more clearly. So bring it back to Deuteronomy 8 and the Israelites. Moses is calling for them to cast their minds back and to remember the Lord's leading and provision for them while they've been in the desert. Memories are good. Remembering is a practice that we want to do, but it always leads to action. And so as we move into a more present tense, we have Moses giving the second directive, which is to observe, walk, and revere. Moses tells the Israelites in verse 6, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. This is the immediate response to remembering. It's a call to present action and ongoing doing of something again and again and again. Uh, If we describe each of these three words, we can start by looking at observing. And in this case, it's not just merely looking to see something, but it's about the careful attention being paid. Uh, And in this case, it's careful attention paid to the commands of the Lord. The Israelites are not just to be familiar or to know them, but to carefully look into them uh, and to analyse their life and how they are obeying them. Moses' fear for the Israelites must have been that their attention may drift from God's commands, and it's then that their actions would also drift away from him too. Uh, So much like the cause of of many car crashes or car accidents, when a driver's attention is distracted from the road or from cars around them, there can be significant harm and outcome that come for that. And so the Israelites are being instructed to keep their focus, observe the commands of the Lord their God. They're also instructed to walk in obedience to him. Again, the choice of walking is not just about the movement of of a person's feet from one place to another. Uh, The Israelites were very familiar with this. They'd spent 40 years walking in the desert. Uh, This is a call to pursue a particular course of life, and that course being obedience. Uh, This obedience flows very very directly out of observing God's commands. Uh, It's not just about them following the commands that they like, but also obeying and following the commands that they don't like or don't find easy. The third instruction is to revere him. This is another present tense ongoing action. For the Israelites to revere God, they need to show him admiration, adoration and appreciation. Uh, This is because to show how meaningful and significant something is to us, it, it needs to be constantly practiced. Because if something or someone is so important, we don't wish to slip up or to make a mistake or an error Uh, and fail to show reverence towards it. Uh, As a very current example uh, of people who have failed to revere something appropriately, I'd imagine you will have heard uh, about the St. George Illawarra Dragons players who gathered together for a barbecue last weekend in Shell Harbour. Their choice to meet at one of the players' house and spend this time together uh, was in breach of the COVID restrictions currently in place, uh, and all the players involved have been fined and suspended. Now, these players could have been unbelievably compliant and diligent in following all of the COVID safe practices up until the barbecue. Uh, 
they may have been signing in every time they came to training, QR codes out and away they go. Hand sanitising every time they touch the ball and someone else touches it. Hypothetically, work with me here. Uh, they may have been social distancing, face mask, the lot. However, in choosing to attend the barbecue, in choosing to break the rules and restrictions that have been placed on them, they have failed to revere the safety requirements and expectations put upon them. They fail to show the admiration, adoration and appreciation for, the, for their health and safety and for those that govern them and give them those, those rules. Their lack of compliance and obedience shows us what they really think and what they really feel about the government, about their club and about the association that puts these expectations upon them. We could go on stating how, how poor their choices were, but the main point is in making an error, they fail to admire, appreciate and adore the, go the bodies that they are, they are a part of, uh, including their own health and safety. And so it is for the Israelites that Moses is calling for them to pay close attention to God's commands, to observe and follow a particular course, a course of obedience, and in doing so, that they will revere God. Not dishonouring him, making errors, and living in a way that's contrary to his commands. And the reason for doing this comes from Moses' initial directive to them. Remember the Lord who led you through the wilderness. So the Israelites are to remember the Lord, they are to observe, walk, and revere him. Moses also informs the Israelites of what's to happen if they do not do these things. He gives an otherwise. Uh, just like a parent disciplining their child, Moses has laid out what they're to do and follows this up with the consequence or outcome for their disobedience. Let's read verses 11 to 17 together again. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, and when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it may go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Moses starts his warning to the Israelites, highlighting the actions that are not part of how the people should live. Do not forget the Lord, your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees. He goes on to explain to the Israelites what will happen or what will characterize a life that has forgotten God and does not obey his commands. Moses says that when they are prosperous, settled, comfortable, wealthy, when life is easier than it was in the desert, they will be tempted to, in verse 14, let your heart become proud. And as verse 17 says to us, say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. He's saying that in comfort, stability, wealth, the Israelites will be tempted to think that they have worked hard to earn what they have. They will be tempted to forget the Lord your God, verses 14 to 16, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, he led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land 
with his venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known. That's a pretty decent list of the things that God did for them. Uh, It's no small feat, yet the Israelites may forget. And this is not a good thing. So the Israelites need to stop and realize that without God intervening, without God listening to his people cry out for mercy when they were slaves in Egypt and choose to save them, that they would still be stuck there. They would still be enslaved, still mastered by Pharaoh, still living in someone else's land, away from the promised land. It was God who saved them. It was God who led them to the promised land. It was God who provided bread and water. My favorite line in the whole chapter is where the Israelites are reminded uh, that their clothes didn't wear out and their shoes didn't swell over 40 years. Why did that happen? Because God made it so. I can't get a pair of joggers to last more than six months. So that astounds me that their clothes are not going to wear out over 40 years. They need to keep remembering that it is God who has provided for them. But Moses also adds at the end of the chapter uh, a very stark warning in verses 19 and 20. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. We know through reading further into the Old Testament in Joshua and Judges that this is exactly what happened to the Israelites. They did forget the Lord. They did follow other gods. Uh, And although it's not until we venture even further into the Old Testament, we know too that the Israelites are removed from the promised land twice for their ongoing disobedience and forgetting of God. There was no empty threat. God was absolutely 100% serious about remembering and obeying him. But we could hold up our hands at this point and say, but we're not the Israelites. And, And though some of us may have to spend... 14 days at home, quarantining with Netflix and Wi-Fi and coffee machines. Uh, It's not quite the same as 40 years wandering the desert. And and what about the promised land? Well, Robertson's the the promised land, right? We're here already. Sorry to say, though beautiful and wonderful as Robertson is, it's not the promised land. Uh, This passage does have a lot to say to us here and now, uh, and this is best seen alongside passages from the New Testament through looking at Jesus too. Now, we're going to have step through the three directives that Moses gives to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 8 uh, and look at some New Testament passages alongside them to, uh, to further our understanding and find some application for us. Uh, we're going to do it in the opposite order, however. We're going to start with what the New Testament says about Moses' warning or his otherwise statement to the Israelites. Uh, Moses had warned them that in their wealth and prosperity that they may forget the Lord and therefore be destroyed like the nations. Uh, Jesus gives a very similar sentiment in Matthew chapter 6 as part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He calls for his listeners not to worry about food or clothing. Uh, He states in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body and what you will wear. He he echoes a similar sentiment to Moses what Moses expressed to the Israelites about the provision of basic needs, food and clothing. Jesus continues providing an example of the things that are fed and clothed by God. Uh, In verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? 
Uh, and also in verse 28, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor and spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not clothe you, much more clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus' message to us is the same as Moses to the Israelites. God will provide for his people. Therefore, we shouldn't let these items, food, drink, clothing, or the ability to produce them, that's by working and earning money, cause us to be self-reliant, proud, or think that we have earned these things, these comforts, this wealth, this prosperity, just through our own labours. This is pretty difficult because we live in a world uh, that is very much consumed by wealth and possessions. Uh, They're so highly prized. Uh, But Jesus is calling and directing us to consider how we view money, jobs, what we own, and the provision of our daily needs. And as with Moses' warning to the Israelites, uh, his otherwise for them, we are also given a very clear otherwise with the example of the rich young man in Matthew 19. Uh, In verse 16, of chapter 19 uh, it says behold a young man came up to Jesus saying teacher what good deed must I do to have eternal life he said to him why do you ask me about what is good there is only one who is good if you would enter life keep the commandments he said to him which ones and Jesus said you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not bear false witness honor your father and your mother and you sh- and you shall love your neighbor as yourself The young man said to him, All these I have kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The man is saddened and does not follow Jesus because of his wealth. Where Jesus tells him to sell his possessions and come follow him, he can't do it. So we need to consider this morning as well the way that we view wealth and possessions and we need to ask ourselves if they are limiting and impacting our relationship with God. Back in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus urges his listeners to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given unto you as well. Uh, And So I'm encouraging us to do the same. The next two directives were to remember the Lord and to observe, walk, and revere. We'll look at them together now because I think the practice of looking back and remembering influences the actions we choose moment by moment. So we too need to constantly remember the Lord. Uh, Our New Testament Bible reading, which Brooke read for us, Hebrews 12, is just one passage, one of so many, which remind us of the most significant and important thing that Jesus has done for us. Uh, We'll pick up from partway through verse 1 here. And let us run with perseverance the the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus endured death on the cross for us. He took our sin and the fair punishment for it so that we 
would not have to. But it's not that we could have done that for ourselves, just like the Israelites in Egypt who were powerless to remove themselves and free themselves from slavery, so too are we powerless to free ourselves from sin. What Jesus did on the cross was impossible for us. Our salvation is not of our own works. It is just through faith in Jesus. And so we need to continually look back and remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross. But we also desire to grow in our ability to observe, walk and revere him. I think developing daily or weekly habits is the best way to achieve this. The practice of reading your Bible every single day and prayer with God are a wonderful grounding in being reminded of who God is and interacting with him. We can extend these into memorizing sections of scripture, meeting with others to read the Bible and pray, joining a growth group to meet weekly, and another obvious but immensely helpful practice, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, join us on a Sunday morning whenever you can, lockdowns and restrictions aside, or catch up with our video later in the week. Meeting with others at church each Sunday is an excellent way to keep God at the forefront of our minds, to be sharpened in our understanding of God's word to us, our walk or course of life, and the reverence that we show to God. There are many other practices which can help us to remember God and his goodness to us. Reading Christian books, listening to podcasts, music like that of Colin Buchanan, songs that are soaked with God's word, are practices and routines that can be part of our daily lives to help us remember, observe, walk and revere. And so I think it's, it's fitting uh, that I finish with the same chorus I introduced to you at the beginning, uh, hoping that these words or the tune, if you know it, resonate with you and you find yourself remembering them later today. Remember the Lord. Remember that he is in control. Remember the Lord. He's watching his children. He cares. Remember the Lord. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your loving kindness to us. Thank you that you have dealt with our greatest problem, our sin, which separates us from you. And not because we did anything to earn your favor, but because you love us. And we thank you too for the way in which you provide for us each and every day. Your blessings to us are uncountable. Please help us to respond to your words to us today, not falling into the trap of forgetting you or thinking that our wealth, possessions or comfort have been manufactured ourselves. They are your kindness to us. Please help us to regularly seek to know you better through reading the Bible, interact with you in prayer and meet with fellow believers so we can observe your commands, walk in obedience and revere you. In Jesus' name, amen.